Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza and Astrid Kaufman. Today is Monday, November the 11th, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. Los Angeles time, 9 p.m. in London, 6 a.m. in Tokyo, and 8 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy once again. We got the week started doing more uh, podcast five days a week. Um, I always like to have the weekend off, but I always like starting the week again. And I know I say that every single time I do the show with you, Louie, because we do it on Mondays. But sorry, you're just going to have to put up with it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's a good thing to put up with. But uh, I wanted to start off with a piece of reader feedback, which I shared with you guys. Uh, one of our, uh, not so much a reader, but a listener but also somebody who watched us on YouTube. So I guess they're both not so much a reader as, as a viewer. Maybe that's the better word. They're a viewer and a listener. And uh, they have an interesting question about Jinjinjitsu. And I'll read it to you guys, and I'll read it to the audience. First of all, uh, the listener says, Thank you. Very, very interesting listening to you three. You all make a great team. Now, here is an interesting question. What about if you're left-handed instead of right-handed? Does that make a difference in the energy holds and flows? Do we need to reverse all these instructions then? It says, I'm right-handed, by the way, and I'm getting some relief and improvements with it all, kind of in the beginning stage of it all. And so thanks again. Um, so there's the, the, the basic question. Does left-handed or right-handedness make a difference? And I'm going to go to Astrid first because uh, we tend to go to our first Jinshin Jutsu questions. So Astrid, what's, what, what's the scoop? Okay, the scoop is that basically uh, it does not matter whether you're left or right-handed. And uh, just like in your physical body, everyone has uh, the organs in the same place, whether you're left or right-handed. <laughs> you know, your heart is in the same place, your kidneys are in the same place, and etc. Uh, the energies move in the same way through the body, whether you're left or right-handed. Now, what is interesting, though, and I talk from my experience, my 20-year experience, okay? Uh, what is interesting is that if you're left-handed, say, versus right-handed, I would imagine that you use your body slightly differently so then that you can create tension on the left side in a different way from uh, the right side. So you could see different tensions building up in different parts of the body. Uh, so then as a practitioner or with self-help, you would go to the part of the body that has more tension. Uh, so if you're left-handed and that is your active side, you might find that the left side is more tense than the right side and then start working on the left side versus the right side, as it were. But in essence, the energy is the same for everyone. The energy moves through the body in the same way for everyone. And, and so then it doesn't really matter which hand you're working with. If you're grabbing finger on the right hand, finger on the left hand, it's not, there's not a huge difference going on there. No, it's a, it's a question at that level. It's a question of um, uh, experimenting and seeing what is giving you the fastest relief. So if you hold uh, the left index finger or the left first finger or forefinger uh, and it's not uh, giving you relief, then try the right side. So it's a question of uh, being your own testimony, as Mary said, Mary Burmeister said, <laughs> just, just, you know, be your own testimony and, and experience it for yourself. Uh, so, um, you know, do whichever side gives you the, the best relief uh, the, the most quickly and, yeah. uh, and experience it. Well, that's ultimately what we have to do with any of this stuff anyway, is try it yeah. out and see, yeah, see what absolutely. happens, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And when you try it out, that's when you can actually get results like our listener got. I mean, he, he described, he or she, I'm not sure which, described how uh, they were getting some results. It, Excellent. It was still early days, but, you know, they, they, were, they were getting there, and that's a good thing. Yeah, keep going. Don't give up. You know, do, do a little bit every day because the, uh, the effects are cumulative. And what, what I mean by that is, is that you keep cleaning, you keep cleaning, you keep cleaning, and uh, every day it's easier for the body to clean. So you just go deeper and deeper or, you know, and uh, you just, you just feel, feel more and more of the benefits by doing it mm -hmm. consistently and regularly. Mm -hmm. what, what happens so well if done. 
What happens if you're not? Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happens for those who are trying it and they don't really feel like they're getting anywhere, that, that it they don't really notice anything? What, do you, does it still keep going? Yeah, absolutely, because uh, it's all about, it's all about uh, the awareness. So when, when you um, say something is going on and you hold, you hold a finger and you don't feel that it's doing anything, well, it's actually doing something. But uh, your awareness is not really at the point where you're experiencing that. Uh, and also maybe, you know, um, the energy that we have in the body is not one energy and then another energy and then another <laughs> en- energy until we get to 144,000 different energy functions, which are separate from each other. No, these are, these are currents like the currents of the ocean <coughs> that, connect, that connect and flow and... Uh, you know, when when something happens in on one side of the world, it will affect the currents on the other side of the world eventually. And that's what happens with our energy functions. So the more you do these holds, the more they have an effect, uh, uh, an effect that is palpable, that you become aware of. So it can be very subtle at first. And I have to say that the more dramatic... Uh, the more dramatic situations are when something is quite acute or something is quite bad, and then you do something, and uh, the body the body is very quick to respond in an mm. acute situation. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, very often if I have a client who or someone who feels sick, and uh, you know they they they've just been feeling sick and they don't they they can't shake that feeling of being sick. Uh, I go to the inside of the knees and I hold the inside of the knees and then within minutes, maybe two, three minutes, it's gone. Oh, that's okay. Nice. That's a good so response. So that's a very quick response to mm. uh, a very uh, strong, uh, pretty much acute situation in the moment. So if you have a feeling of sickness or nausea um, or breathing difficulty or any kind of emergency, you place your hands on the inside of the knees you can either cross your hands or you don't cross your hands. You can experiment with that. Uh, but what it does is it brings the energy down and it helps move the energy um, from head to toe, toe to head, and it gets it moving. So then it clears this feeling, this stuckness, uh, sort of in the, in the abdomen or wherever, uh, the feeling of nausea. And it's really quick Interesting. and very effective. Mm. Now, somebody I know who does try all the time various ways of uh doing these things as lily because he's told a lot of stories about them so mm. lily what do you want to what do you want to add to what astra just said to our uh, to our listener who wrote in well walt i just wanted to answer your question first um you said uh what happens if somebody tries jinshin and it doesn't work so i wanted to give you an answer to that it means sure, they bro- it means they're broken <laughs> It's all over, folks. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> it's your it does fault. Take for a short show, though, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to Louis. <laughs> you are was not broken. Like, <laughs> I was treating him like he was an expert or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, do I try the other answer? <laughs> Next, <laughs> um, uh, I would just recommend. You, I was speaking to somebody the other day, uh, somebody who's actually been on the show with us, and she was saying to us, uh, saying to me, I was giving her a, a different energy technique she's never tried before, and um, she was saying to me, you know, I, I'm not very good at playing with this energy thing, but you, you know, Tai Chi works for me. So I said, that that's great, you know. And what happens is, for me, when I started, one of the first things I started feeling energy with was Tai Chi as well. <clears throat> so uh, I just wanted to, to bring up an, another experience I had as well. And I went to an energy healing, a spiritual energy healing course in South Africa at the age of about 21. And the guy was amazing. His name was Yonder Friss. And he, he did a whole weekend for me. And by the end, he said in the beginning, you know, by the end, you'll understand everything. And by the end, I understood nothing. 
And I was extremely <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> and I was like, I know there's something to this thing, but, you know, this whole course, this whole weekend course was an absolute waste for me. And, you know, over time I did Tai Chi, then I did Kung Fu, and I learned a little bit more about energy, then I did yoga, and I learned a little more about energy, then I did Donna Eden, and I learned a little more about energy, and then I jumped into Jinshin, and it just blew me away, and I stayed there for the next 20 years as well. So um, when somebody says that they don't experience anything, I completely understand all that. And... It's it's a journey, and my my biggest advice to anybody would be just enjoy the journey. You know, take it step by step. Use what you can, don't use what you can't, and play with what you what works for you. But anything that works energetically for you, you're on the right path because you're now. I, I was looking at a a, a sign in a, <laughs> what was it? Astrid and, Astrid and I have spent the weekend together with with Anthony and my wife and the kids. Um, so we went to a crop circle uh, exhibition. display exhibition. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I happened to yeah. pop upstairs to an area which I actually had to pay for, which I didn't know I should. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a, nice. a free uh, a free viewing there of feeling completely ignorant until somebody told me when I was well, when Anthony told me when I was outside already. Um, but uh, up there there was a sign, and the sign said. When science starts studying the non-physical and in the first 10 years that they do that, they will have um, learnt more than the entire history of science. And that was Nikola Tesla. Mm -hmm. And if you can take that wise man's words to heart and start enjoying the energy journey wherever you can find it, then I highly recommend you play with it because you're now playing with something you can't feel, touch, or see with your physical senses that well. But some other part or some other senses inside you start kicking in and you start feeling and experiencing and understanding it. So, you know, that's how it all works. And And it will become a very physical manifestation of... uh, um of what is going on when you become more sensitive to to what you are experiencing, and the first I think the first um, the first uh, points uh, the first um, what's the word I'm looking for Step. uh, steps or manifestations of of the energy moving through the body is you feel things like. Um, a fizzling or some heat or some cold or some contraction or, you know, it can be anything. It can be anything that, that happens with uh, when the energy gets moving or it, or something opens up or you could even feel some pain. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, lots of different levels that, uh, that start happening. That's an interesting point about pain that you just kind of slipped in there at the end because we usually <laughs> associate pain with something that's uncomfortable, not good, want to be avoided, doesn't really help us in any way. It's not it's not it's something that's, to be not dealt yeah, with. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Walt. Well, what what my experience is that sometimes when I'm working on a client or when I'm working on myself, um something needs to be opened up. So one of these energy pathways has a blockage. And think of it as a, as a you know, to do with the plumbing. So there's a pipe and it's got something stuck in it and you need to move that blockage to clear the water or whatever going through that pipe. So when we work on the body, uh, when that um, when that energy starts moving through that blockage to get it moving, there can be a very sharp pain maybe. And when it is released, the pain just goes. That's how I explain it from my own experience. So pain can be good as long as it's, you know, the body, when, when the body is in pain, it's trying to tell you, it's trying to, it's trying to help you. It's trying to help you uh, release uh, whatever it is that is causing the pain. 
but when we work with this energy, when we work with Jinchen Yitzu, it, it, it kind of clears, it undams that blockage. And then, and then it, it can be a little bit uncomfortable when that happens. And then it just clears. So very often when I work on people, they might say, Oh, I feel a pressure in my head and, or, or I feel a headache coming on. And then it just moves it through. It clears it. So there will be a bit of tension and then it clears it, you know, that's just the energy moving through those areas of congestion or whatever. And so pain is not always a bad thing. It's just uh, telling you something of what is happening with the, with the energy. Well, well, the simplicity of pain to me is, is, is incredibly simple. It's just saying I don't want pain anymore. That's all pain is saying to you. I want, a, I want, I want a nice, happy body. And when you get the pain and you take an aspirin and you hide the pain, then you don't actually see that contrast when you do some releasing. But a lot of people don't know how to release. So they take the aspirin, they fall asleep. When they fall asleep, they get the release. When they get the release, they wake up with no headache anymore, which is something I've done often as well. So <clears throat> I'm at night. I have managed to clear with my own um Jinshin or, or, or energy methods, my, my headache, then I take a, a, a tablet, fall asleep, and wake up with it gone. It, it's quite a common thing. So what is happening when you're sleeping is you get that release and relief and release, which just um, allows that energy to flow through, like Astrid was saying, and go out, and, and it all goes back to normal. So um, most of the time I, I can remove the pain using one of the one or another energy technique but i know when i've done certain things that i just don't have any have any um, tools in my toolbox to get get rid of certain things and one of them is wearing my contact lenses for too long and another one is detoxing in the sauna heavily then i find it difficult to to take those headaches and remove them because sometimes they're quite bad um, I wouldn't even say bad. I would say annoying. They really, really annoy me <laughs> because I'm, oh, I've yeah. got, I've got to that stage now where I'm, I'm so used to being able to remove ailments, symptoms, pain. Like my daughter, three year old was coughing, coughing all night. Um, she left, uh, mother who had gone into her bedroom to try, you know, calm her and came to me cause her mom said, go to Louis, he'll fix you. <laughs> so she snuggles up to me and says, Daddy, do jinshin. So <laughs> I grab her two high 19s, um, which are on the arms at the top over there, and I just hold them for a while. And within, I would say, 30 to 60 seconds, she just stops coughing. Nice. And then she gets her breath back, and then she's so exhausted, she falls straight asleep. Mm. Take my hands away. She wakes up, starts coughing again, put my hands back, and it stays. So I just held it a bit longer until I felt a shift, and then I moved on to her back and held certain points, felt another shift, and then I knew she'd be fine all night, and I left her. So you, you get to a position and a stage where you have not only confidence in your own ability to help yourself, but you have confidence to help others, uh, and quickly and easily. And it doesn't always work when you're not in alignment yourself. So... Um, during the day I was trying to help her, but I was a bit ratty for one or other reason, tried to do the high 19s and I just got nowhere with the whole thing. You know, it was just really a wake up call for me that you must get your, get yourself kind of nicely aligned if you want to have the power to heal others. So mm. it's, yeah, that's a good point. Now, <clears throat> since we're doing pain, we seem to be talking about pain, uh, this show. Let's, uh, let's go the full gamut. How about somebody who is dealing with chronic pain? Um, perhaps they are, the pain is so familiar that they almost know it better than they know pain-free. And so it's, it's gotten to the point where it's really hard for them to imagine anything else. I mean, I'll, I'll grant you, this is a very severe and unusual situation that most people don't go through. But people, there are some people who do experience this. So what can we tell them? My mother was one of them. She had rheumatoid arthritis and it pretty much ate her away for about 20 years and killed her. So... Um, she used to take painkillers a lot of the time and mm. she also tried not to take painkillers a lot of the time because she also realized they were harming her because mm. she'd been taking them for so long. So it was a real catch 22 for her. Um, 
what do you say for somebody like that? It's really tricky because of the, the, the factor that Abram Hicks would point out. It's a very active vibration. Right. Yeah. And when you stump your toe and you've got that incredible pain, it's not that easy to not think about that pain. <laughs> it's really tricky. Now, when somebody's had it for that many years, they've actually learned methods of coping. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'd be dead already. Mm-hmm. So they've learned to distract their mind and focus on other things. And unfortunately, my mother was one of those people who who loved listening to the news all day, every day, and reading it. And she, she liked the BBC. So in South Africa, she'd have the BBC radio on. She'd have BBC newspapers bought and sent out to her in the post. Wow. So she would um, torture herself with more negativity, which was not necessarily helping very much, you know what I mean? Well, she wasn't uh, aware. She wasn't aware of what she was no, most people aren't aware that no. newspapers and news is mostly negative and, and is, can be quite harmful if one is not in a very aligned mm. uh, position. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would, I'm, there's no blame anywhere. It's just stating the facts and how it worked out. And, you know, there's lots of factors involved. You, everybody's circumstances are slightly different. Everybody understands themselves better than we understand them. So, you know, you can make judgments from the sideline, but they're not necessarily that accurate. But, you know, you can start seeing certain um, pointers in other people, and sometimes it becomes very clear exactly what's going on. And when you get that great clarity, you've usually got some hold you can do quite quickly and easily just to help them. So... Yeah, it's 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 just a journey, and it's and and you start seeing clearer and clearer what's going on with people. And you know, somebody said to me the other day, "How the hell do you know I've got asthma?" <laughs> I said, "I've had it for so many years; it's like black and white. I can just see it on you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody was saying, "How do you know I'm myopic?" Oh, well, I'm myopic, and I know exactly what it feels like. <laughs> know what it looks like. I know what. It- what people do, I know when you squint, I know, you know, you, you can see the signs on the wall. It becomes very easy. And then you start seeing the energetic signs of how certain stresses or pains have affected the physical manifestation of how somebody looks. You know, you get those people who have got those real scowls on their face permanently. <laughs> you know, yes. they just never leave. And you, you know immediately with great clarity that their thoughts are focused 19, you know, a heck of a lot, 90% on what they don't want. And that manifests that scowl with, you know, with clarity, you can see it very quickly and very easily. Um, And then you can start breaking that down to what type of negative thoughts they're thinking. And then, um, you know, it can affect, affect different parts of their body and, and all of that kind of filters through and you start what they call body reading after a while when you don't really feel you're reading the body, you're just you're just seeing. I think that's the way I look at it. You're just seeing. Mm. But the 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 body follows what the energy is doing. So it's um it's very noticeable with uh, for instance uh, people who are bent over, you know, when you, when they get older, like uh, elderly, say an elderly person is bent over, uh, they're bent over their chest. So say a trauma happens years and years and years before this develops and they're kind of protecting themselves, you know, it's like <gasps> they breathe in and then they don't breathe out, they don't exhale. So they're not letting go. They're holding in and they're protecting their themselves. And then what happens is that the ener- the uh, descending energy down the front becomes tight. So um, that that is something chronic, but that is something that can be changed when you release that energy, that descending energy, when you help them to exhale again, then you can start opening up their chest and um, and then they can start breathing again. And then, I mean, that will take time, but that can be changed. So, you know, when you talk about chronic, it does require patience and dedication and commitment and consistency in the work um, to to change those patterns back to to what they, you know, what they should be. 
And, and I personally believe that it also starts with a decision. I think it's, if, in order to get the whole process yes. started, yes. you have to make a decision that regardless of how much pain I've been experiencing, regardless of how hopeless it feels at the moment, regardless of all of those factors, and I can point to every single one of them because I'm experiencing all this pain on a chronic basis, despite all of that, I am going to decide that somehow, in some miraculous way that I can't even begin to fathom yet, I'm going to change that pattern. I'm going to change my thought process. And, and, and I don't even know how I'm going to do it yet. But it starts with a decision. Somehow, I'm going to do it. Yes, and that's a very good place to start. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, I've said it before, but when someone is in that much pain, it's very difficult to understand. Um, I mean, it, when someone is in so much pain, all they want is to be relieved of that pain. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... it's um, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to to have to deal with that constant pain. Uh, so, so relief is is of the utmost importance. And um, and yeah, deciding that you know I'm going to do this and sticking with it is um, is extremely courageous and should be incredibly commended mm -hmm. uh, to overcome that sense of uh, I can't do anything and, you know, and, and overcoming that and seeking help, you know, to overcome that. Because a lot, a lot of people, when they are in that pain, they go in search of help. And a lot of people who come to see me, for instance, have already been to lots and lots of different therapists. Um, and that's, and even though it seems that all those therapies haven't worked, worked they all build upon each other so that then you get to a certain therapist with doing something and it's like a tipping point and all of a sudden it's like the key and all the dominoes fall into place but it's actually all those other things that they have been doing that have helped to create that situation to get to that tipping point you see what i mean so nothing nothing is wasted everything kind of builds on uh, everything builds on each other. Yeah, that, that to me is a big deal right there because mm. when, you're, when you're in that really, really extreme place, it's important to understand and know that even when you make the slightest effort, the slightest, spend the slightest amount of time trying to think differently, trying to feel differently, trying to, any bit, no matter how short it may seem, it may be a split second, anything like that helps. All of it, like you say, has a cumulative effect. And it seems so impossible when you're in the middle of feeling Absolutely. like that, that that could actually be true, but it really is true. Yeah. It really is true. Yeah. So, Walt, I wanted to just point out to the people who, have, who have, are, are listening to us and have, have logged in to listen to the law of attraction. Yes, we should probably <laughs> mention some more about that, shouldn't we? <laughs> how, how this all fits in. So, um, uh you, you, you were talking about making a decision. So you're in pain and you, you need to get to that place of making a decision. So when, when you know what you don't want, which is the pain, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then one of two things happens. It either gets so big that you die because you've done nothing about it, or you, you get to that point you were talking about, Walt, which is, now I made a decision. I'm going to find some way, somehow, something is going to happen. I'm going to do something. Then you're saying, I'm not going to focus on what I don't want anymore. I'm going to focus on what I want. And, you know, that is all about the law of attraction. So the contrast is your teacher, and it always has been and it always will be. And it's your teacher from day one, from birth, from landing in the physical universe. You now, When you know what you don't want, you have a better idea what you do want. And it's, it's, it's great <clears throat> when, when you start learning all, about all this, you start deciding that you're going to deal with problems when they're small, not when they're big. Yeah, that's always better. <laughs> because 
you know, a, a student once went to a master and said, master, it's easy for you. You have an easy life. You understand everything and, uh, you know, nothing's wrong and all the rest of it. And he says, no, 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 no. I also have problems. I also have pain. I also have negative emotion. I also have everything you Bad have. Knees. <laughs> Bad knees. <laughs> You know, I have to pray all day. What do you think? <laughs> my knees are shot. <laughs> I have to work on my knees too. <laughs> he said, the only difference between you and me is I deal with them when they're small. Yes. Because that is a whole lot easier. Yes. Which, which means when you know what you don't want, the sooner you can say, oh, I know what I don't want. Let me follow what I do want. The, the shortness of time that you can spend on what you don't want is what you're looking for. Go for it and just turn the corner, turn it quicker. And, you know, some of us, because we didn't understand the law of attraction, because we didn't understand the process of how life works, um, with this incredible simplicity of it, um, or weren't that conscious about it, we have accumulated huge what we don't want, which have become, you know, active vibrations for some people like consistent pain, which... And pain is like one of the last things that tells you something's going wrong, okay? <laughs> exactly. So when, when you've landed up there, you've landed up with a problem that is shouting at you, please take note. And take that note, doesn't happen overnight. Note. That comes no, in never small increments. There is a warning sign, and then there's another warning <laughs> sign, and then there's another warning sign. And, you know, I'm but sure... Oh, I'm ahead. sure that it's it's um, it's basically a lot of warning signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but even if if you've ignored all the warning signs, there is still hope. I mean, there's still a way for you to get through it, to get past. Oh it. yes, yeah. And, and, and that that's really the message that I want to leave to people who might be listening and who perhaps are dealing with chronic pain. That you really can do it. Um, one of my favorite things to do. I don't have chronic pain. I have experienced pain for long stretches of time. And in that sense, they were, it was chronic pain. I was feeling it every single day. But um, during that time period, what I learned through direct experimentation, you talked about that earlier, Esther, you have to try this stuff out and see what happens. Well, I tried it out. And what I learned was regardless of what part of my body is hurting, there is another part of my body that is not hurting. And Louie talked about the contrast. That, to me, is the most effective way to use contrast. Okay, I know which one I don't want. I don't like that pain that's in my knees because I've been doing all that kneeling. <laughs> I don't like that chronic pain that's in my head. Yeah. I don't like whatever that chronic pain is. But no matter where that pain is, there's another part of your body that doesn't hurt. I like and, that. That's really, and, really good. And, and the technique uh, I like to use there is to say simply, this part of my body that hurts actually feels exactly like this other part of my body that doesn't hurt. And then I just focus on that. And I say to myself over and over again until I finally, for like a split second, achieve a belief in my mind that that hurting part of the body for that moment didn't hurt anymore because it felt like this other part of the body. I I love that, Walt, because you've now used the Mm -hmm. body with the body. And to me, that's very, very powerful. And also, if you've got a pain in your knees, and the knees are a very small part of the whole body, aren't they? They certainly are. They seem at the time to be the, the entire body. <laughs> <laughs> They're jumping out at you, but um, when, when you can start redirecting your focus onto one of the other parts, you, you can really experience. Um, yeah, a pain, a pain relief. in the big toe. A pain in the big toe can be very, very, <laughs> <laughs> very noticeable. <laughs> like I had recently, and had to go to a doctor. <laughs> In fact, I think there's a, a Harrison Ford movie, uh, one of the, uh, um, oh, what were they called, from the 1980s. I can't think what the, the movies were called. Um, but uh, in one of those movies, uh, his hero, what's, what's the name of the hero character? I can't think what his name is. Um, Give us a clue what kind of movie. <laughs> uh, oh, this, the, the Stone in the Nile or the... Um, yeah, all those things. It, uh, yeah. The, the Lost Ark, all that kind of thing. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders yeah, of Raiders of the yeah. Lost Ark. What, what's the character's the name? Professor. What's his yeah. name? I can't think what his name is. Isn't that <laughs> <Blank>. awful? <laughs> it's one been a of while. Our listeners, one of our listeners will tell us. Come on, guys. Help us out here. <laughs> Well, whatever his name is, he's been through uh, the wars, and, and at one particular point, he is in pain virtually everywhere. 
And his love interest is trying to soothe him down and say, well, what, is there any part of you that doesn't hurt? And he says, this finger doesn't hurt. <laughs> this little finger right here is the only thing on me that doesn't hurt. And that's where he starts the process of feeling better. So you focus on that. Yes, exactly. And, and if you, it doesn't matter what the part of the body is. The point is there is a part that doesn't hurt. And, yeah, and that's what I learned, really significant. Yeah. It's very significant. Because mm. what I learned is that when I focus on that and, and try in whatever minimal way I can to believe that the other part feels that same way, even if it doesn't produce immediate relief, it starts to change the way I think about the experience. And mm. that alone gets the new momentum going, just because I'm, I've changed the way I'm thinking about it. Mm. An amazing thing. I mean, I actually was fortunate. Um, I did have, literally when I tried it, it was with knees. Interesting that you should mention that, Astrid. Um, but my, my knee ligaments were excruciatingly in pain. I, I got to the point where I could barely walk. And there was one day where it was just really bad. It was the worst day of all. I'd been dealing with it for about three or four months. I was in bed. My left leg was in agony. Lying down, my right knee calmed down enough that by comparison to the left knee, it didn't hurt. I mean, I knew it did hurt, but the left knee hurt so much that I hardly noticed. <laughs> so yeah. I started yeah. pretending that my right knee was actually how my left knee felt. Uh, that, that's, that's how I got this whole thing going. Just, I just decided to try that. And I remember vividly how I, I kept trying to pretend that, and that left knee kept saying, absolutely not. I really, really hurt. And I kept saying, no, 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 you feel just like my right knee. And he says, no, 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 I absolutely hurt. And then finally I had, for like a half second, I had one half second of experiencing that my left knee didn't hurt. And I said, whoa, what was that? It was so shocking because all of a sudden for that split second, the pain was gone. I couldn't believe it. Oh, and, uh, you see, you couldn't believe it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I believed it for that split second. And then sure. so I, I tried it again. I tried it a few times. And after doing that for a day or two, like within a week, my pain was gone. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. To this day, I don't even know what wonderful. I injured. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I have no idea what caused any of it. <laughs> well, well, we often don't know what causes this stuff. We really don't. No kidding. Yeah. Stress, well, stress we, we, can we, very, we can yeah. break it down to, to negative thinking or thinking about what you don't want. True. We, can, we can always break it down to yeah. that. But how that affects different parts of the body and the whole process, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, this is why this is why the medical profession sometimes have difficulty finding the cause of things oh, yeah. and issues. Because um, I mean, I you know to to talk about uh, uh, an experience with knees years ago. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was I was having a very stressful period. I have to say, over quite a long time, and um, I woke up one night with excruciating pain in both knees for no apparent reason. Of course, there was a reason I was stressed and there was all sorts of stresses building up in my body, but it manifested in extreme knee pain. So I did my Jinshin Yitsu and uh, I I had to work on it for hours and then the pain was still there, but eventually the pain subsided and never came back. So I don't know, something had to be cleared, but um, it's um, sometimes, sometimes there's a whole buildup of things that is non-specific and something will just give you that uh, you need to pay attention to this kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, um, if we are dealing with chronic pain, we've kind of addressed that. What about somebody who's dealing with an immediate pain? Because that's what you were just describing. I mean, you, you mean you acute did, or acute, acute pain. pain? Yes, acute. Yes. Well, I didn't think it was particularly acute, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so an immediate pain. An immediate pain. Yeah. So an immediate pain is, um, in my experience, is is a lot easier to deal with. It's something that's happened in the moment. It's uh, it's been caused by something that's happened in the moment, and it's it's just a lot easier to um, to clear. It's not such an active vibration, so consequently mm. to unactivate it is, is easier because the ball's not rolling very fast down the hill. Even so though the, it feels like it's rolling quite fast because you're yeah. in, you could be in such pain. 
So, so if you are in pain, and let's say it is one of these acute temporary pains and you'd like to get rid of it really quickly, um, and, but you don't know Jinshun very well, what can you do? Well, there is uh, one of my, one of my favorite um, self-help holds is to target the deep energy in the body. And we learn that uh, there is a specific um, area of the body and a specific hold that one can do to um, to target any any pain in the body, whether it's at the top of the head or anywhere. And the reason why it works is because it helps the deep energy in the body and it circulates throughout the body. And um, I've used this hold for uh, pain, uh, you know, when someone's come out of surgery and their their anesthetic has worn off and they're sort of hanging on to the bed rails in desperation because they're in so much pain. Mm. Um, and I've I've done this hold very sort of calmly, and within seconds the person breathes, exhales, and says, "Oh, that's so much better." And wow. then you know you can wait for the for the nurse to come with the morphine. But I call it basically our own morphine create creator. Um, because I've used it as an anesthetic before I've gone into the dentist chair. And it works just like an anesthetic. But, you know, that's me. I've been experimenting with it. So don't try this at home, you know. (laughs) You've got to have a certain kind of awareness to actually do this and a a confidence. You you Um, can always try it. You can just say to the dentist, I'm going to try something. And if it doesn't work, then give me the injection. But don't true, don't be don't true. be scared to to try things, guys. Don't you know? I'm I'm a big yeah. experimenter, <laughs> and if I didn't, I wouldn't know a fraction of what I know. <laughs> well, that's true. So this hold is 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 really simple. Um, it's really simple. You go to the to the foot, to either foot, uh, and you place your right hand on the inside of the heel, the side of the big toe under the ankle and you place your left hand on the outside of the heel under the ankle on the side of the little toe and you sandwich the heel like this so whether it's the right foot or the left foot you always have the right hand on the inside of the heel of the foot and the left hand on the outside of the heel of the foot does that make sense Walt? if you can't see it well, it sounds like uh, it would probably be, for many people, easier than to do it with their left foot because if they do the right foot, then their hands are crossing. Well, not not if you... Um, yes, so it, if you're doing it on yourself, um, it's, it's easy either way because if you sit and you bring your left uh, leg over your right knee, then you can do that very easily. And if you bring your right knee over your... Uh, right leg over your left knee you can still do it very easily that's an interesting way yeah okay but if you are if you are helping someone else who is lying face up on their back for instance you stand at their feet and then what i tend to do is i tend to go to their right foot because then it's much easier to place the right hand on the inside and the left hand on the outside and then if you go to the left foot you have to cross over your hands right if you see what i mean Yes. But try it because it's really effective for anything, even emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, any sort of pain. It doesn't have to be physical pain. It can be emotional pain, mental pain. It's a very... I used this hole also uh, when someone was um, at the end of life. And what happened was that they became very peaceful. And it was a, it was a wonderful thing to see how, how they just were at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that pain and that fear was just sort of dissipating, uh, and it was—it uh, works in many, many wonderful ways. So it's worth a try. And you know, if you if you want to, um, I always say to people: if you have children or grandchildren, you know, you might be able to bribe them and get them to <laughs> hold your foot for a while and. You know, it's a great way to keep your children and grandchildren. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a winning play. Would you please come hold my foot for me? Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, you know, for a few dollars, they might for do. For a few dollars. Yeah, yeah When all else fails, bribery works, right? 
absolutely. <laughs> but it's a very, it's a very, very powerful hold, and it's on my website, flowsforlife.com, as well as the fast pain relief hold. Oh, so okay. you can look that up, fast pain relief, and uh, it's it's one that um, that I talk about a lot. Very good. Okay, I like that one. That's good. So now that we've been in pain for about 45 minutes, I think it's about time to get out of pain. Let's do that. Let's so, go to pleasure. Let's, yeah, well, okay, let's go to pleasure then. I mean, really, you go to the first place you can think of that feels good to you. If pleasure is it, then pleasure is it. Um, so Feeling I'm good, to, feeling happy. Feeling happy, yeah. Feeling mm. clarity, feeling whatever your, your, your number one thing is that you want to feel. So uh, when you're... If you are in the midst of trying to heal either yourself or somebody else of a pain-based situation, how much time do you spend focused on where they want to be or where you want to be, depending on who you know, who the subject is here? Um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> if I know it was really a difficult one, but we'll try again. <laughs> no, the question is pretty simple. How much time do you spend focusing on what you want uh, when you're trying to shift something for yourself or for somebody else? As much as you want, 17 seconds plus. Um, 68 seconds plus? Yeah, I think it just varies. Uh, mm. It varies because it's challenging for any human to focus on anything for any length of time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and the more you try and meditate or still your mind or focus on one subject for a while, you realize how challenging that really is. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, um, it's something that we are not taught at school. We are not brought up no. by our parents to understand. We're not, we don't have an active vibration of stilling thinking or focusing on for longer, long periods of time on, on one subject. So, you know, the longer you practice, and um, I imagine that at the moment I would be able to focus more on what I want longer than other people or who I used to be um, simply because of practice. And I would recommend anybody starts doing that, you know, starts focusing on, on, on anything that they want and get off the want. subject get uh, off the subject get off the subject of pain get off the subject anything anything that distracts you from it that gives you relief even for as you said you know a few seconds and what was that but you felt it you right. felt it and once you felt it once you've got a chink in the armor of you know, you're, you're like yeah. breaking through the wall and you can see the light on the other side. And the more mm. you focus on that light, then then you can break through more and more and more until you can just see the light. Then you're sitting in the place of no pain. And, you know, it's uh, pleasurable. <laughs> that, that was an interesting thing, too, about um, the experience that I had that I told the story about. Because, like you said, I had the chink in the armor. I kind of had that little hole that broke through. And from that point on, I mean... I, I did it a few more times during that session. I absolutely was exhausted by the end of that, fell asleep yeah, within about 10 imagine. minutes. Um, but then the next day I tried the same thing again after realizing that I was about 20% better and just kept going with that every single day. And it was amazing how it wasn't so much that I kept doing the activity, although I did. It, From my perspective, it just seemed like it was falling away. Does that make sense? The pain was just kind of falling away. It, it, yeah, it wasn't, absolutely. It, it wasn't like I was I was driving it away. It wasn't like you know, I had done something and there it moved. It was more like I did this thing. Nothing seemed to happen during that time. I focused on something else for a while. I came back and oh, it's actually less. What happened? It, it was like it just kind of disappeared. What happened? <laughs> you know, Mary Mary Burmeister also said, uh, um, "Focus less on the body." You know, when you when you focus on on the project, when you focus on what's going on on the body, it's so true. I mean, she understood the law of attraction because mm. because when you focus on something that's going on, you're just making it bigger and bigger. And what you did was you took your focus away for a moment and you let the body kind of do what it needs to do. And then, you know, 
it, you just kept going at it. And uh, that's what I said. Get off the subject for a while. If you can get off the subject for five seconds, fantastic. Don't beat yourself up if you go back to it, but then get off it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really advocate that now, the importance of um, rewarding yourself, congratulating yourself for noticing an improvement or for yes. noticing uh, something that you hadn't noticed before that's a warning flag or noticing whatever. Just you know, no, ma it, no matter how much it might be something that we would say, oh, God, there's this terrible thing going on, it's much better to say, wow, I'm so glad I noticed that. So while you were talking about that letting go feeling or the dissipation and what, what you are seeing there from another way point of view is the lowering of resistance instead of the focusing on what you want and moving towards the allowing. Uh, so you were you you were focusing on the letting go rather than focusing on the uh, the allowing because you need to let go first before you can get to that allowing stage, mm. and because it's such a contrast from the stress where you were to not having it, the the contrast shows you quite clearly that oh you're moving in the right direction, um, and you you get to a point at some stage in your LOA practice that you start going more from I don't care to where I want to go, which is quite a different vibration to I'm in pain um, and I want to let that go. And it, the equivalent of what you're saying, Louis, is letting go and receiving is the equivalent of exhaling and inhaling. So you get there faster by becoming aware of your breath. And in the exhale, you let go. And in the inhale, you receive. So you mm -hmm. empty out, you let go, and then you receive. You receive new energy, re you receive, and you are renewing the body. You are actually helping the body in that way. So it's what Louis was saying is, you know, is the breathing that goes with it. So Astrid, um, I, I love that explanation because it's important to understand something and that is you can't breathe out without breathing in and you can't breathe in without breathing out. So what you, what you kind of realize, if you're in the physical universe, you're always having that cycle. Okay, you always grow. got it and it never, if you're alive, as Richard Bach says, you want to know if your mission on earth is complete. If you're alive, it's not. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that cycle is always going, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in. So you, you're letting go of something and you're taking on something all the time as, as, as a physical being. And it never, ever stops. So when I'm saying, you know, you're releasing something that is the letting go, but you need to breathe in again to release again. You need to breathe in again to release again. So... Mm -hmm. It's important for people to understand that that cycle never breaks, but you can spend a little more time on what you want than what you don't want. Mm. That, that little bit of time makes a huge difference to taking over huge. a long period of time. That's, yeah. that's called quantum physics, you know. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that's how big it is. That's how big it is. That's how big the breath is. It changes everything. And I'm still learning that, but it's um, the breath is phenomenal it's what keeps us alive it, it's what feeds us it's what you know when we connect to the breath that that awareness of the breath it changes all our systems it changes our heartbeat changes our circulation everything and it's been proven scientifically that when you breathe deeply your heartbeat changes it slows down and then everything starts calming down so Conscious breaths. Empty the vessel first. Let go of all that, you know, all that stuff. And and then when you empty the vessel, you can fill it up with good stuff. Good energy, pure energy. So I, I love that, Astrid. And um, Walt, I've mentioned this twice before on the podcasts over the years. <laughs> it's almost years now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> I know we've done a year already. <laughs> Um, so when I was young and I was 
desperate to find greater health because I was a very sick kid. Um, the first thing I stumbled across was nutrition. And I used to live in a health food shop and I bumped into my mentor there and I used to understand a huge amount of minerals and vitamins and protein and carbs and uh, tinctures and Bach remedies and et cetera, et cetera, tissue salts and so can go on and on. And um, I had a huge knowledge of that. And I thought, you know, you are what you eat and became quite a profound understanding for me that, you know, you're significantly affected by what you eat. And I actually thought it was everything. I thought that statement was true. You are what you eat. And then I came across something else and um, somebody was saying the importance of water. And then I started to realize that you are what you drink far more than what you, what you eat. <laughs> and it was like an epiphany for me. My second epiphany was you are what you drink. And I started to know when to drink, how to drink and all the rest of it. And then my next epiphany was <clears throat> you are what you breathe because, you know, if you stopped any one of those three, uh, which one would you die of first? And of course, it's breathing and then liquid and then food. So it was very interesting to me um, the importance of that and all the reasons Astra's just mentioned. Breathing is incredibly important. Uh, you know, do not underestimate breathing. You want to change your health. It's incredibly powerful. So I started to realize you are far more what you breathe. And if you get your breath right, this is the thing I used to belligerent, belligerently say, is if you get your breath right, you can eat and drink what the hell you want. <laughs> yep. And that's not too far from the truth. But if you'd use all three together, then you're actually going to do even better. So, um, And then I came to my final epiphany, which was through Abram Hicks, which is you are actually what you think. Ah, yes. Because you think of when you or how you're going to breathe. You think of how and when you're going to drink. You think of how and what you're going to eat. So, you know, the... Those, those four epiphanies uh, are, are incredibly interesting of how, they, how I manifested them and how much time I took on each one to understand it and, and learn it and, and, and work with it because it, it was a complete journey. You know, it was like years, like 15 years on one of them and 10 years on another, and et cetera, and I'm now four years on Abram Hicks. So um, it's been a complete journey of, of growing in awareness from one to the other to the other to the other. And now I appreciate all of them. And I realize that you can, what, what you choose to eat can help your thinking, can help your breathing. Yeah. And yep. what you choose to drink and how you choose to drink it can affect all, all of them together. So they're kind of all working together. Um, and, and it's important to understand all that as well. And, and we can live to be 150,000 oh, years old. You've heard of Conversations with God, um, Walt? Neil Donald Walsh. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when he asked God, how long is the body designed for? You remember the answer? I do not, no. No, God says the body was designed to last forever. Ah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's uh, an interesting answer, I thought. Um, all, all of the, uh, you, you mentioned those four uh, journeys, those four pillars or whatever you want to call them. Epiphanies. Uh, mm. Epiphanies, sure. Uh, what they all kind of add up to, as you were telling them, in my mind, is that they add up to you are what you focus your attention on. Exactly. So you start realizing that the most powerful of all four is your thought. Well, I would have said actually the focus. <laughs> yeah, but what is focus if it's not thought? Well, it's also feeling. They, the two kind of go together. Yeah, but what you think affects how you feel, and how you and feel affects you how you think. think yeah. yeah, so they work, they work together, yeah. But you have focus. the focus is where it starts. Yeah. Somebody said to me in the sauna the other day that the law of attraction should be called the focus of attraction. <laughs> 
and this <laughs> person so, was, so far off. was was very adamant about that, and I was very much in disagreement with that, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you bring that up in the last 30 seconds of the show. <laughs> no, I know. I was thinking about that. <laughs> hey, we can <laughs> we always have to an... discuss that next time. <laughs> always have another episode on next that one. time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one in mind. That, that's a good yeah. topic, I think, for next week. But uh, for this week, at least, I hope we gave some uh, some relief and, and some ideas for release for people who are dealing with pain, whether chronic or incidental, acute or general, um, and perhaps even believing and finding that they can find joy along the way. I mean, what a radical thought that is. But thank you, Louie. Thank you, Astrid, for all your wonderful contributions. Thanks, Will. Thanks, listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. Listeners, without listeners, we wouldn't have anything. By the way, I don't know. I think I've, I've told you guys, but the numbers keep going up. We are closing in. I can't believe I'm saying this. We're closing in on an average of 500 listens per episode. Woo! I'm just, Fantastic. we aren't there yet, but oh my goodness. I look at the numbers and I say, wow, this is great. <laughs> is this great or what? <laughs> well, so the last time I remember you mentioning the numbers, it was 300. So that's Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just, it's, it's been mind-blowing lately. And uh, that's all credit to the listeners to uh, stick with us. Thank you for listening five days a week. We appreciate it. With that thought in mind, we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.